Welcome back to Crescent City Crime, dear listeners. I'm Tracy. And I'm Brian. And we're so happy to be back after our little hiatus. Had a, you know, vacation week and relaxed and got some things done around the house. I honestly miss doing this. I miss doing this too. Even though it was only a week. Even though it was only a week. But yeah, it's just... uh. It, it was nice to take a break, a little break from everything, though. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. was nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody else was taking time off. I wanted some time off, too, so I took it. Yep, everyone is entitled to time off. Everyone is entitled to time off. Everyone deserves time off. Everyone, you're right. Everyone deserves time off. But we are now back, and we are back with a vengeance. <laughs> We're going to tell you all about gay people. Isn't that isn't that the worst? Tracy, why? Why? Because it's still Pride Month. Oh, that's right. It's still Pride Month and and uh you know, we're not the kinds of people who want to exclude anyone from anything, really. Never. Nope, that's right. Even if you're the worst that society has to offer, and that's not gay people, but we do talk about crime on this podcast, and we talk about laws, we talk about history. And we do understand that one of the one of the things that really makes this country go, you know, United States of America, is that every essentially everyone be afforded the opportunity to do as they please without harming anyone or breaking the laws. You see. So, you know, that's 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 only one reason why we do support the LGBTQ community because you have a right, everyone has a right to be who they are. Everybody Every, everybody, everybody, not not who, you know, certain parts of society say you should be, you know. <laughs> you know, right. be who you are, not who say you know, members of your family say you should be. Be your own person. Be your own person, but also don't be an asshole. That's right. Live and let live. Even though there are plenty of people trying to be assholes right now. Yes, there are. And if there's one kind of person uh, in a neighborhood that we can't stand, it's the busybody who wants to run people's lives. And, you know, during break, when we're on break, I binged through this show called Fear Thy Neighbor, which actually gave me a lot to think about regarding how your neighbors can be. I mean, we've had some neighbors that were not so great, but thankfully it never came to anything deadly. But it it does make me think about how you as a person can help to contribute to conflicts even in ways that you don't really think about. Yeah, it's quite true. Uh, the number one way to stay out of trouble when you're going about your daily business is to avoid confrontations, avoid situations that can lead to confrontations. You see. And the same go the same goes for your neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. I mean look if, if somebody's having a party, just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, let them play their music. If, okay. it's, if it's past quiet hours, you know, like midnight or something, then, yeah, call the cops. But don't go over there and, and try to get into a fight with them. Or, or if you're talking to them, ask, you know, 
politely ask them to turn the music down before you get law enforcement involved. And you can also, you know, reciprocate. Like, let's say if they're having a party, well, you can have a party and you can invite your neighbors and maybe next time you'll be invited to their party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, it's, it's really just about how you yourself, you know, you don't have to be a complete recluse, but you don't have to be completely social either. But it is about reciprocation. Yes. And if your neighbor is really that unreasonable, because there are some people out there that are just outright terrible people, they don't care, you know, yes, this is when you call law enforcement, maybe even you move, you know, there's ways to solve it that will not end in bloodshed. Yes, that's right, there's, there's, there's always an, there's always an alternative to violence for most situations. Where, where you have a confrontation or potential confrontation. Yes. But we're getting kind of off track here because you know what I did not do yet, Brian? What? Oh, yes, of course. I, I know. I did not do my usual intro, uh, you know, where I welcome everybody. Well, I, I think I did welcome everybody, but if you're, if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate your support. We consider listening to us, just supporting our podcast. We've had a couple of new subscribers on YouTube, so thank you very much, new subscribers. We're welcome to the uh, to the family. Yes, thank you, new subscribers. Welcome, welcome. Yes. And we enjoy talking to you, and we hope you continue to do the same. We, we assure you will. And, of course, all of our social media links are in the description. Make sure that you tell your friends about us, but also... Tell your enemies, especially your enemies. Any ratings or reviews are appreciated. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your preferred podcasting platform. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Even if you don't listen to us on YouTube, we appreciate the subscription. Um, so today I have some updates. Uh, you know, right now in our current American political landscape, uh, there's bills that are meant to hurt and otherwise transgender people in particular. Yeah, bills that are intended to essentially make it more difficult to exercise your rights. Uh, I call them pro prohibition-style bills. Which never work, by the way. No. They no. never work. Because people find a way to to be themselves, to, to in, in, engage in what they enjoy doing. Exactly. To participate in the activities that make their communities uh, grow but the, and thrive. But the good news is that these bills in some states that you would not expect are being met with resistance in different ways. Uh, for example, transgender people have been put front and center during, during uh, various pride celebrations this year. Until recently, uh, trans folk have been sidelined at pride <laughs> events course due to you know misunderstanding misinformation all those things and this is why transgender visibility is important because you know when you dare to say this is who I am and you're not going to make me feel ashamed of it visibility can change things you being a person like you know whoever you are 
you know, you're going to interact with a multitude of different people in your life, right? And if you're a transgender person, you coming out to people around you is a way to make people feel more comfortable with it. Yeah, and the, the absence of communication, there's confrontation. Yeah, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Yoda was yes. right. So, kind of what we're getting at here, yes, if someone is different from you, and you have not previously been exposed to the culture, just talk to them. Or read about it. Right, or read about them. Yeah, get, get, get to know them, you'll understand them better. And you might fear these people who are different from you much less. I, I think you will. You mm -hmm. know, that has been my life's experience. You know, there was a time where I was fearful. You're not the person that you are today. Right. I, I, and I was fearful of uh, transsexuals and transgenders pe people. Uh, but, you know, I'm over that. Mm-hmm. Because I understand them better, and I understand them better because I have been around them mm -hmm. here and there. The first time uh, that I can recall where you know I had a chance to, to get over this fear, what was on a movie set, it was the movie uh, Paul, the Simon Pegg and Nick, and Nick Frost sci -fi, science fiction comedy at the Albuquerque New Nexo Convention Center, which was disguised as the San Diego, San Diego Comic Con, which took place two weeks prior, there was a a lady who was transgender who was dressed as uh, you know we all had sci-fi costumes on because that's why we were hired to be in the movie, you know sci-fi costume was at the convention. In this case, it was a transgender lady who uh, was dressed as Captain Janeway. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. from Star Trek Voyager. And at first, I was uncomfortable because she, I guess, she, you know, she thought I was cute, apparently, and she was hanging around me a lot, so I felt uncomfortable. But I was very polite, and I went ahead and talked to her and just put my fear aside, which is something, you know, Marine, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, as a, you know, avid listeners know. Uh, you know, Marines are accustomed to putting their fear aside. This was putting my fear aside in a different way. Okay. Mm, okay. You see, so um, yeah, I went ahead and talked to her, smiled at her. Okay, and guess what? I was less afraid. I wasn't afraid of her anymore. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I came to understand that this is actually a nice person, just someone different. Yeah, and a That's very all. a very good friend of mine. When we when I talked about this with her, uh, she told me. You know, Tracy, it's just cognitive dissonance. That's it. So it's like once you like start to kind of normalize this thing to yourself, the more that you think about it or talk to people about it, it's going to, you're going to be more comfortable with it. And I'll also add that there's a lot to be learned just by reading certain forums and keeping your mouth shut and just reading. You don't have to chime into the conversation. You can, yeah. ju you can just lurk these that, that's, forums. Uh, that's some... And it's kind of like an old saying, you or you know, be a good listener. Yeah, be a good listener, be a good reader, whatever it is. Of course, you know, but but also, I'm talking about a time of internet, you know, that was before, say, for example, how YouTube is today. You know, YouTube is a is a wealth of information from many different walks of life. Yeah, on on a variety of subjects, 
Uh, any, I, I guarantee you, any hobby out there, any lifestyle out there, any culture out there is going to be covered by a variety of YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, for example, you, you know, you have, uh, you have collector, collector channels for the, those who collect action figures. You know, you have gun channels for people who are into recreational, you know, firearms. Okay, for example, um, you know, fashion. Okay, costuming, everything. A whole variety of stuff. Uh, YouTube can be a way to broaden your horizons. Yeah, except don't don't watch the uh, fascist channels. Don't do not do that. Yeah, I recommend staying away from the political commentary on YouTube. You're not going to learn much of anything, and it's probably going to make your blood boil. Uh, Either way, like, no matter, and that's the funny thing, no matter what your point of view is... You're going to find a new channel on YouTube that you're going to hate. And you're going to find quite a few that you're going to love. Well, no, no. My point is this. Like, we talk about how if you're, uh, if you lean to the left or if you're a socialist or whatever, you're going to instantly dislike something, a channel like Fox News, right? But if you're a person who leans to the left, you're going to instantly dislike... I'm sorry, if you're a person who leans to the right, you're going to instantly dislike uh, leftist sources of information, uh, socialist points of view, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, also, it needs to be known that federal and state Supreme Courts have been actively shooting down state bills that have banned gender-affirming care in various states. Uh, most recently, Arkansas. Would you believe it? I I can believe it. Yes. 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 I can. And there, some in some cases, these are conservative appointees. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, some these, of them are. These appointments are for life. So these judges have reached the point to where they can actually, uh, you know, as most of them do, they can actually, I guess you could say, rule their conscience actually ruled based upon the Constitution. Well, I, you're also supposed to be impartial as a judge. That's and, right. You know, there's... You know, when a judge makes a decision, it's supposed to be well thought out. It's supposed to be something that's fair. You're supposed to be a fair person as a judge. It, ha it uh, has to have a... Ba there has to be a basis for it within the Constitution or, a, or, or say, case law. Like such as when Tennessee tried to ban, tried to pass the uh, ban on drag performances, but that bill was overturned because it goes against the First Amendment. Yes, that that's is violation of the Second Amendment. That's a no-brainer on a variety of fronts, like free assembly. Right. Just off the top of my head, that yes. that's to say, okay, well, if we don't like this show that you're putting on, which is Entertainment. That's all it is. It's all a drag show is is entertainment. Um, then then you can't do it. No, no. Uh, uh. It doesn't but work that way. Also, you know, we when we were growing up, I mean, we were watching Looney Tunes. I mean, how many times did we see Bugs Bunny in a dress? We've been entertained by drag our whole lives. Oh yeah, the, my I, I can I can tell you the first time I saw someone in drag on television. Mm -hmm. It was on. 
I had been watching MASH, even though I didn't understand it at four years old. I'm pretty sure I was watching MASH since I was four years old, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, Corporal Klinger. Yes. The, the yeah, soldier yeah. who was just trying his darndest to get out of the army by dressing up as a woman. Exactly. You see. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, as a child, of course, I thought it was funny, and it, it's still funny. You know, because the 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 actor's a good comedian. Yeah, I'm he really sold it. You know, I'm pretty sure that one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite things in entertainment regarding drag, is the movie The Birdcage. Stars Robin Williams. It's yeah. a fantastic movie. Uh, Gene Hackman. You know, it, it, he uh, he plays the conservative. I think it's a senator. And his daughter wants to marry Robin Williams' son, and Robin Williams runs a club that's, you know, drag performance club and everything. So they have to pretend like they're normal, this normal family. It doesn't really work out. It's a great comedy. It's a great movie. If you've not seen The Birdcage, you really need to go see it. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. It's on streaming. It's on DVD. You can easily find it. And it's just a fantastic movie. And it's also... You know, one of those movies that's just very heartwarming in general. Just a, a movie about love. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. Because love is more important than differences. And trying to fit people in a box. That's right. Mm -hmm. Or a cookie cutter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the uh, now there's also been a refusal to enforce transgender athlete bans in West Virginia. Very interesting. West Virginia. Uh Again, a state that you would not really expect these things from. No, but it, it is nice to see that by you know by and large we have impartial jurists. Yes, who are willing to essentially rule on. Now I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but uh, it more than one judge has stated, just because you think something is weird, does not mean that it is illegal. Mm, right. And the ACLU has successfully sued the state of Indiana over their anti-transgender bills. So, we see you, ACLU. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And pride celebrations across the country have put a spotlight on transgender rights this year. Uh, transgender Grand Marshals headed pride parades in large cities. And a photo display of transgender victims of violence was shown at a small pride festival in Hastings, Nebraska. Just a reminder that this kind of thing is everywhere in America, okay? Transgender people live in every state. Gay people live in every state. Lesbians are everywhere. We're everywhere. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, er okay the, all right. everybody is everywhere. And it really is just kind of really sad and shitty and useless to try to, quote, ban people like this because they do have a right to exist. And I also want to mention that some of these tra transgender athlete bans, um, you know, they're trying to pass these bans or these bathroom bills or whatever, bec I mean, based on maybe in a whole state, maybe 10 people. I want to point that out too because... You know, transgender people, they're more visible now, but they're also a very small segment of the population. Yes, and uh, the something to keep in mind, I mean, the, the, these, the, these bathroom bills, is that 
if someone is a bona fide pervert, okay, legislating the bathroom is not going to stop that person from behaving like a pervert. And I also want to point out that people want to cry and yell about having a, a gender neutral bathroom or but really what a gender gender neutral bathroom actually is it can just be a place that has literally only one bathroom right that is a gender neutral bathroom yes one one where you go in if it's empty you go in and you lock the door behind yourself mm-hmm. okay that's yeah that's it so what you know yeah, so what yeah and you, I, I forgot what state it was but the state had passed a bathroom bill that's said that people needed to use the bathroom based on their assigned gender at birth. So what I, I'm not sure that everybody really might understand is that a person who's at the start of their transition, they're going to look, you know, like if you're a woman who's transitioning into a man, you're going to look more like a woman at the start of your transition. But when you give it a few years, you're going to look like a guy. And, and, of course, the, the reverse is also true. So, these people who are, who are several years into their transition, who, you know, if, you know, if you're uh, transitioning into a man, you've been using a men's room for a while, and all of a sudden you go into a woman's room because you were assigned female at birth. So, it actively looks like, yes, a man is in the woman's room. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it's, exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, in in the end, and yes, a couple of days ago, I called a a conservative talk show, a local conservative talk show, and I actually got the conservative host to agree that government does not exist to run people's lives. And, you know, literally tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. Not the purpose of government. And I got this conservative talk show host to agree to that. Right. Well, that's so, good, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of defeated this host's anti-transgender argument with an old conservative argument about government. Whereas true conservatives don't want the government telling people what to do and running people's lives. So so, so here we have a problem as you have these uh, these faux conservatives who's I'm going to call them that anyway who want to use government to do exactly that. And of course these are the same kind of conservatives who of course they don't want the government to tell them how many high-capacity magazines they can have for their firearms, or what capacity those magazines can be, or what firearms they can own. Well, the door swings both ways, folks. Right. If you want, if you want and value your freedom in this country, you have to value other people's freedoms too. So you basically won the argument by giving them their own argument back, right? To them. Yes, I did. That's that's, a, right. that's a very good way mm-hmm. to win that argument. Folks, y'all, y'all heard this right. If y'all are listening to this to this episode, remember what Brian just said, and remember what I just said. The next time somebody tries to give you crap about, uh, you know, expressing yourself, just say, "Hey, the government 
should not be interfering with how I express myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Got another way to put it is, government has no place in culture wars. Oh yes, none but, whatsoever. Right. Okay. Yeah, but they. Oh, but right now the current uh, some politicians keep trying very hard to insert themselves into culture wars. It's very frustrating. Yeah, it's it's because they they don't want to. Well, there's two reasons. One, that they're fundraising. Okay. They're mm. trying to get campaign contributions from people who dislike the people they're trying to legislate. And the other reason is it's less time that they have to actually do their act, their real job. Mm. Okay. Which is make the government work. You know, providing services for people. Right. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. Now, unfortunately, Louisiana has passed bills banning transgender affirming care for minors, as well as a don't say gay bill. Uh, the don't say gay bill prevents teachers and school staff from discussing sexual orientation and gender identity with students. Um, the gender affirming care ban gained national attention when a Louisiana Republican named Fred Mills, Dr. Fred Mills, by the way, voted to kill the bill. He is a longtime Republican state senator. He was the tiebreaker vote. He opposed the legislation, citing that he relied on science and data and not political or societal pressures. And he also added that he doesn't really care what people say about him because he may not be seeking another term. So I have to say I, I do respect you, Fred Mills, and I see you. Thank you, Fred Mills. Yes, thank you. Unfortunately, though, the bill was revived. It was kicked into another committee, and they passed the bill. So, Well, it's, uh, it's awaiting a possible veto. From uh, Governor John Bill Edwards. Funny you say that, even though if he does veto it, his decision can be overridden by the Louisiana House because they do have the majority. Uh, but, you know, if that does happen, and let's say this bill does officially pass and signed and all that stuff, it will likely be challenged in the courts. Yeah. Well, the last time there was a, a veto override session, it, it totally failed. Oh, did it? What was that for? Do you remember? Well, it was for two things. Well, conservative legislators lied to Louisiana gun owners stating that it was to override the veto of the constitutional carry bill. But they were... Uh, it wasn't really. It was to overturn the veto of an anti-transgender bill. Oh, was that the, the, the and sports? They, and they failed uh, to do both. That's right, I remember they, that. They failed yeah. to do both. They failed to do both, and they so richly deserved it because uh, they lied to all lawful gun owners in the state of Louisiana. No matter what persuasion you are, no matter what political party or political philosophy you have, okay, and I've met lots of Democrats who are gun owners, especially in Louisiana, that's the case, okay, in, in New Orleans area, yes, okay. Uh, and I might add, you know, plenty of Democrats who don't like Donald Trump who are gun owners, okay. So everybody was stabbed in the back there. The 
the overturning of the veto for constitutional carry was nothing but a smokescreen to go after the trans transgender people. Right. And I that failed now. too, yes. and deser deservedly so. And that was a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So before we get into the the meat of today's episode, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, this was a brief but current update on the state of our union. And I'm glad that we actually had some viable information to present. Yes, yes. All right, so... Thank you, thank you Tracy. Oh, you're welcome. All right, we will be right back. And we are back. So, in our last episode, we talked about Stonewall. We talked about the beginnings of Pride. And... I mentioned at the end of that episode that there was that the the Stonewall Monument was commissioned by somebody who has ties to Louisiana, and we're going to talk about that person today. Uh, the title's physicist, publisher, philosopher, philanthropist, and janitor can all be applied to Dr. Peter Putnam. He is one of the least well-known gay men of the 20th century. He was a, nat a native of Cleveland, Ohio, born in 1927 to John and Mildred Putnam. His family was wealthy, and of course, this meant that he could have a very nice lifestyle growing up, and he was sent to some of the best schools in the country. He earned a doctoral degree in physics at Princeton University, where he trained under Albert Einstein. That is amazing. That is amazing. <clears throat> After this, his parents wanted him to become an attorney, so he enrolled in the Yale, Yale Law School, but he was more interested in moral philosophy. He left Yale after two years and took a part-time job with an electronics firm. He used his free time to cultivate a rich intellectual and personal life. The salary that he earned plus you know, whatever family money that he had was more than what he needed, so he gave a surplus of money to Princeton University. He eventually took a teaching position at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, and later at Union Theological Seminary. He wrote a lot of academic papers, but he never showed much interest in publishing them, so you know, somebody who's very smart. Very smart. Oh, like oh, yes. Like mm -hmm. the type of person that you just have enough money to where you can sit around and pursue these intellectual hobbies. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're able to do that, then that is a good thing. Even though he had access to his family's money, he rejected a materialistic lifestyle and he chose to live a Spartan existence. Ah, okay. Yes, he was one of those people who didn't really seek luxury. It seems... There's three kinds of people here. And some people are, of course, a combination. Two out of the three or three out of the three. There's people who seek luxury. There's people who seek power. And there's people who seek knowledge. Mm. You're supposed The ideal person is a balance of all three. Yeah. Yes. So... 
he okay so his mother once gifted him a Cadillac but he refused it he wore old clothes that were faded and out of style so he really truly rejected a statuses of wealth a new car nice clothes he rode a bike it, it just simply wasn't him simply wasn't him yeah 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 yes his lifelong friend John Wheeler once said that he just didn't like the trappings of wealth. I understand that. In 1974, he volunteered with Vista, which was Volunteers in Service to America, a government program that was founded in 1964 to improve the living conditions of people in poverty. Vista sent Peter Putnam and his lifelong partner John Claude DeBrew to Louisiana to help the rural poor in Houma, Louisiana. Uh, to his dismay, though, he found that the VISTA program in Houma was corrupt and he wound up resigning. And he took a job as a janitor and a night watchman at a building owned by the State Department of Transportation. He and his partner, John, rented a, a modest apartment where he wrote poetry. He financed the Good Earth Press, which distributed books throughout South Louisiana in the 1970s. He made wise investments, and he earned a fortune uh, to add to his inheritance. Uh, but he gave most of it away to causes that he cared about. To, uh, for example, he memorialized his brother, a fighter pilot in World War II, by donating a sculpture garden to Princeton in his name. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, very thoughtful. Uh, the garden has works by artists uh, such as Pablo Picasso, Jock Lipschitz, Henry Moore, Gaston Lachaise, Tony Smith, Louise Nevelson, Alexander Calder, and Isamu Noguchi. So if, if you know anything about art at all, then there's no doubt you recognize at least two or three of those names. Uh, these are some of the most important sculptors of our time. Thank yeah, you. oh yeah. Okay. Uh, he also g gave a, a big $32 million to Nature Conservatory, which buys and protects lands that harbor endangered plants and animals. This land includes uh, the Little Pecan Island in southern Louisiana. Very nice. Very nice, yes. In 1979, on the 10th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising, Putnam and DeBrew decided to mark the anniversary by commissioning a work of art. Putnam's only requirement was that it had to be loving and caring and show the affection that is the hallmark of gay people. And it has to have equal representation of men and women. He, uh, the sculptor George Seagal created the monument and you know, of course this was not without controversy, right? Because right. the, the best art is always going to be controversial. Sure. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, some felt that a gay artist should have been chosen for the commission. Uh, he was, uh, but Seagal was a native New Yorker. Uh, he's produced sculptures that can be found in more than 65 public collections. He uh, did the Holocaust Memorial in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. So, ah. very important. Okay. Uh the gay liberation statues are bronze. They're covered in a white lacquer. And Seagal noted that the sculpture concentrates on tenderness, 
gentleness and sensitivity as expressed in gesture. It makes the delicate point that gay people are as feeling as anyone else. That's right. They, gay people are also human beings. Yes. E- equally capable of feeling pleasure and pain as anyone else. So why not treat them like anyone else? Because a lot of people are just intent upon dehumanizing others. Yes, dehumanizing someone is the beginning of attempts to subjugate uh, those people. Or being complicit with the views that go along with uh, genocide. Right, right. Dehumanizing people is, is a first step towards, yes, genocide, murder, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. subjugation. The dark side. Yes. Now, unfortunately, Peter Putnam was killed in 1987. Uh, he was riding his bike to work when he was hit by a drunk driver. So this beautiful human being unfortunately had a very sad ending. And it's always sad when a narcissistic driver behind the wheel is so reckless doing their thing that they harm someone else. Mm, yes. Which happens much more often than it is publicized. Yes, and I mean, honestly, this is why I I really do wish that DWI, DUI offenses were more harshly punished than they seem to be. Yes, yes, and something I find interesting, uh, revocation rates for driver's licenses nationwide are much higher than any other permit or license nationwide. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So you mean a lot of people lose their driver's licenses every year? Well, more so. More so than any other occupational license or state permit. Mm. Okay. Okay. Wow. This is nationwide, you said? Yeah, na- nationwide. Yeah. Huh. But it's it's just not it's not well publicized because that there's, you know, there's obviously not much of a political agenda involved with it, mm. with getting dangerous people off the road, dangerous drivers off the road. There doesn't seem to be a great drive for that nationwide. Really, no pun intended. When really, I mean, it, there should be. I mean, this that's an actual problem. Yes. That's an actual problem, not like you know. You know, like the same people who keep trying to pass anti-gay bills or anti-transgender bills. Maybe they should be focusing on this instead. Just a thought. Yeah, maybe some of those legislators are are the uh, (laughs) aggressive drivers. But, yeah, side note there. Yeah. uh, Every now and again, a Louisiana state legislature gets pulled over for DUI. It has happened. I mean, oh, yeah, what a surprise. What, what a, a surprise. surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody, you know, let the memory of Dr. Peter Putnam inspire you. 
Do something nice. Donate some money. Hug people. Have a neighborhood barbecue. Whatever moves you. Yes. Love those who you care about and let them know. Yes. Yes. Do things for them while they are actually still alive. Yes. Very important. Very important. Uh, So next week we're going to have two episodes to present to you. We're going to finish out Pride Month with a little bit more of a dive into Louisiana gay history. And in a different episode is going to be Crescent City Crime Go South. We are going, that's our monthly deep dive into a southern crime. We're going to present an incredible survival story for you. Sounds good. Yes. So everybody, we will be back next week. Until then, be safe, be kind. Remember that we're all human beings. Respect each other and do whatever you can to protest against these awful dehumanizing attitudes and behaviors. Even if it means working on yourself. Yes, and even even if it's regarding a group of people you don't associate with, Don't tolerate attempts by government to run people's lives. Okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. Nobody, nobody loves that. Nobody wants that. Also, unless a person, any person, is actually threatening your home, your family, whatever it is, uh, it's not your business. Yes, that's no. right. And also keep in mind... Just because you talk to someone who's different from you, comes from a different culture, has different interests than you, it doesn't mean you have to become that person. It doesn't mean that that person is going to change you uh, in such a way to where you don't want to be. It doesn't mean that person is going to convert you to any kind of belief whatsoever. And they're not grooming your children either. No, no, they're 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 really. Chances are they're they're not interested in your children at all. You, well, you know who is probably actually grooming your children are priests. That that's been a topic that's been back in the news lately locally. That uh, there's been a dirty priest or two who has resurfaced and we're now finding out every terrible thing that they have a done. Local, a local journalist uh, who ironically used to be on uh, the New Orleans Saints beat for the New Orleans Advocate mm-hmm. uh, did some investigating and uncovered some documents. Which we're going to talk about in a separate podcast. Yes. I just wanted to bring it up for now. Yeah. That the people who are grooming children are not librarians, they're not transgender people, they're not teachers. No. No. It's not. Okay, so just everybody take a breath. (sighs) Okay, and just remember that we are all human beings. You know, if you have a kid, talk to your kid. Get your child comfortable enough with you to where they can tell you things. Because if you're alienating your kid, they're not going to tell you a damn thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, like like for for example, if you lead your kid to believe that you hate members of the gay community, that kid's going to be afraid to talk to you about the subject, and that kid is going to be more likely to hide hide things from you, mm-hmm. like like um. You know, oh, oh no! You, you can't tell my parents you're gay, right? <laughs> you know, whereas, yeah, it's another story. A story. I guess. I guess a story for another time. Story for another time. Yes. Yeah, someone who had parents. I mean, dinner with my dad and stepmother, and they a style. He was a member of my stepmother's. Uh, this hobby club she was in. Are you going to tell the story even though you said a, another story for another time? Well, <laughs> <laughs> to, to sum it up, she had no idea he was gay. Ah. And she was trying to get uh, my sister to date him. Oh, that's funny. And my sister completely knew. Her gaydar just totally went off. <laughs> and she just had to stop herself from laughing at certain points. Oh, that's wild! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, oh. it, it's 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 hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. uh, so anyway, so uh, if it's dark and it's dangerous, don't be there in the first place. Be your own defense attorney. Negotiate your own best possible outcome on the street. Before you end up saying something. a client, mm-hmm. okay? And if you are talking to law enforcement in a professional capacity and you are not the victim or the witness to a crime, lawyer up. <laughs> 